Hello and welcome to absolutely nobody to the very first episode of the Road to Freedom podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, obviously we are recording it, but you are probably not listening to this until in the future when uh, we have a few more episodes under our uh, uh, belt here. But we uh, we are excited that we're starting this podcast, and so uh, I just want to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Patrick Studebaker. My name is uh, Matt Martin. Yeah, and uh, the reason for this podcast is uh, we just loved uh, sitting around talking about uh, libertarian ideas and thought, you know, we're two really normal guys, and uh, sometimes people who claim to be normal might not be that normal, but I think if you look out on the, the landscape of the libertarian ideas that are that are uh, popular and out there, uh, sometimes the voices uh, can be less than normal, which isn't always a bad thing, uh, but we figured, hey, maybe we can add to the milieu of podcasts out there and talk as just two normal uh, libertarian people who uh, kind of don't have everything uh, all set under their, under their worldview, and uh, people that... Uh, Two people that want to learn, and we figured, hey, maybe there are other people out there that don't know, you know, why the the drug war is entirely, you know, immoral, and uh, what exactly is the non-aggression principle, and what is Austrian economics, and uh, is anarchy truly the way to go, or is minarchy the way to go? And so these are some of just the the, the topics that we want to cover uh, in this podcast here, and also. We want to look at it not from so much as a federal level because there, there's definitely a, a ton of great podcasts out there that already look at kind of a, a, a macro uh, libertarian idea. But we want to kind of focus on uh, local, state, city, township, very small uh, topics that um, we'll pull from our own lives and that um, that we can kind of share in what the libertarian mindset might be um, and, and uh, learn about uh, what how we can affect change on a local level. Uh, so some of the topics that uh, we're going to cover are, again, uh, local and state news items, uh, local government intrusions. Uh, we have a topic today that we're kind of going to uh, cover from our own hometown to kind of show uh, uh, a little bit of what we're what we're going to discuss on a weekly basis. We figure we're going to do probably one a week. Not sure when we're going to release it. We don't even have a website yet, but that's all right. Uh, we're also looking at uh, uh, topical items. So, again, stuff like, uh, you know, what is the true role of the police in a free society? Is there one? Um, you know, what's the, the role of trade? So we're not always looking at uh, uh, solely local topics because we don't want to not talk about something if it's important. But uh, we, we definitely want to cover um, how libertarian ideas can be applied from a local level, but also talk about them in the general. And uh, we also figured we'd uh, want to get interviews out there and also look at uh, famous libertarian books and kind of take a look at uh, 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 two normal people's uh, understanding of, of what they might be. So we might have to go chapter by chapter. So uh, obviously this this uh, this podca podcast takes its name from uh, Hyatt's uh, Road to, to Serfdom. And so we figured uh, we're on this journey, on this road to learning about more freedom, more liberty. And so we hope that you join us on this, uh, on this, on this road to freedom. So let's just kind of, uh, uh, talk about, um, what kind of what we're talking about when we talk about a local level and, and different areas that, that we can cover here in this podcast. So we want to encourage local activism. We want to, uh, encourage local change because, uh, you have things like, uh, you know, a, a federal bureaucracy that just, I mean, if you call your congressman, what happens? You talk to a staffer and, uh, you know, your name gets put on a list with a against whatever platform or pro whatever platform. But at a local level, you're really uh, uh, more there. You have a voice. And really, that's what it was intended for. 
Uh, that's why the states created the federal government. That's not why the federal government created the states, because that's not how it happened. And uh, the states also created cities and, and townships and different types of charters and, and everything like that. But your your one voice is more prevalently heard at uh, you know a city board or a township board or wherever you might live. And so uh, that's that's what we want to uh, encourage. Um, I don't know if I've necessarily done any huge changes in, in my life as far as trying to affect change, um, but uh, I'm part of uh, the, the local township planning commission uh, here in the city where I live in one of the townships, and um, that is probably antithetical to true libertarian ideas, um, but my goal when taking that position is uh, to constantly just move the football towards um, towards freedom, and I, I try and do that uh, in, in my role there, and so hopefully one day my role will be completely useless and people will be free to do what they want with their own property. Amen. Uh, how about you? Me, personally, I haven't really done much at a local level, other than voting. But uh, voting. So you believe your voice should silence those of your fellow man because you vote, and you want tyranny over them. No, absolutely not. <laughs> So yeah, that, that might be some of the things that that, that we talk about is uh, you know is is voting the right way to go? Um, you know, can is is the physical act of voting a form of tyranny, and should libertarians do it? That's a good one to dive into. Uh, so certain areas of uh, the areas of topics we'll be choosing from uh, it can really be anything. I mean, we have I mean we all have our local papers. We all see um, you know the headlines, and uh, we come from not really a, a big city uh, as like. The LA or Detroit or New York City, where you just come from a what? How, how many people do you think are in our town? Probably thirty thousand in the city area, and then outside. Yeah, of in that? the city. In the city, I'd say about that. I think what the whole county is maybe like a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. So you know, one out of a hundred thousand, or here we have you know one in fifty thousand because there's two of us. Uh, but it's a greater chance to again affect change than one in three hundred million, or one in how many ever your state has that you're. Uh, supposed elected officials are supposed to listen to. Um, I'm not sure that's happening, but I can say from a more local level, it seems like the, the, the voice of a single person can be heard more and better and louder. And, you know, when you have a group of uh, uh, like-minded people, it's uh, easier to affect change from from that level. And whether or not people listen to libertarian ideas, that's another reason for starting this because, you know, sometimes it's not always conveyed in the most gracious of manner. And so that's something that we want to uh, to look at. Nothing to say that uh, being, you know, uh, uh, confrontational is wrong because uh, sometimes when someone's, you know, breathing down your neck and trying not to allow you to do what, what you want to do with your property, with your body, with your time, um, that can that can get pretty heated. And rightfully so. Uh, I will say this too, that we're also definitely not experts. This is not a podcast where you're coming to us with uh, for all the answers. We're here to, to learn with you. And so uh, we hope to uh, grow with you as an audience. We hope to have interactions with you through um, various social medias, through email. Um, and, uh, and listening to this, maybe you can interact with some of the things that we get wrong, which is great, uh, because we're uh, willing to learn as well. We're not, you know, here to have a purity test of, you know, oh, who's, uh, you know, a true libertarian, who's not. Uh, sometimes that's, that delves into it, but at the same time, um, aren't there certain areas of uh, lines that we can't cross in order to be called a libertarian? I think that's what we see in, sadly, today's uh, larger libertarian party. We see the attempt to, to get people who are, for all intents and purposes, are almost Democrats who um, 
who are trying to run for libertarian uh, positions of, of leadership. And, uh, and so maybe this will uh, be an avenue where we can um, bring more people into the, the road to freedom and the road to liberty. The next thing we're about to talk about here is the proposed event center in downtown Kalamazoo. It's a good example of like local things going on that uh, we'll be talking about on this podcast. Uh, right now, the, the general overview of it is there's a group of individuals trying to get a, uh, an event center built on a, a few blocks in downtown Kalamazoo. Their main goal supposedly is bringing in you know, the younger millennial crowd downtown and bringing in business, but the only way they've even thought about financing it is with a 1% tax on all restaurants on their like food service for the next 30 years to pay for the $110 million project. So these people, they're they're just a, a group of already private wealthy people who don't want to spend their own money, but want to tax restaurants who already have a, a low uh, uh, clearance rate for for profit, and they're also wanting to tax the people that that come in to those those areas, and this is a countywide tax for a single city. <clears throat> yeah, which if you think about it, it's just crazy because you know a restaurant out you know on the northernmost part of the county's not going to see any business coming from the event center. Yeah. Yeah. And the city of Kalamazoo is made up of something like nine townships as well. So you, even if you went down to the local level, you're getting only city benefits <laughs> from, from something and you're, you're taxing people from those outskirts and you're, you're hurting businesses because anytime that you're taxing something, you're putting an, uh, a barrier of, of uh, in, in the, in the way of, of profit for, for, people and these aren't businesses i mean the mcdonald's the burger kings the you know whatever chain restaurants they, they can probably take the one percent but those that you know are starting up their own uh restaurants that that are small you know, that may have four booze but make really good hamburgers their yep. <laughs> their one percent is just going to it's going to hurt them and it's going to hurt people who, who come in and we've seen this in other areas of the country with the soda tax like seattle and um new york and um, people are going outside um, the, the area uh, to to uh, find soda. So uh, here you're going to um, dissuade people from um, coming in to, to um, you know, be be, uh, be customers, could be consumers of, of uh, restaurants that will not see any benefit to this downtown construction. Yeah, and it kind of makes you think, too, of how, you know, uh, somebody who might have thought about starting a restaurant or their own business in Kalamazoo somewhere that they all of a sudden see, Oh well, I've got to pay this one percent tax on uh, something that I'm not even going to benefit off business. So they might take their business to another county. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you don't know what type of businesses you're already losing uh, when when making these proposals. I see that too from um, uh, uh, my position with um, planning and uh, having these zoning ordinances, and you you don't know what type of businesses you're losing next to just because um, you know uh, people. People want the, the government to be the ones to tell their neighbors what not to do. Uh, they don't want to be the ones that say, well, you know, uh, my, uh, the, the, the noise level for my neighbor is, is just insane, and I believe it's a hardship, so I'm going to uh, sue them in civil court. Uh, you know, if, if your rights are being violated, then by all, by all means, you know, sit down, arbitration, uh, have a conversation. But no, it's so much easier to, to wield the, the might and power of the state, even if it's at a local level. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the proposal here is for a 30-year bond issued for just to fund the construction of $110 million. So uh, you have 30 years that you're going to be paying this 1% on, on 
uh, attacks. Plus, uh, you know, that's assuming that that can that uh, event center can make a profit. So a three-year bond is just for the construction, $110 million, 216,000 uh, square foot event center that we, we kind of already have something like this in the town. There's already uh, a, a couple places where you can uh, hold events. There's uh, They're trying to use this this new one to say, oh, well, uh, the, the college in the area, Western, will come in and uh, have their sporting events here, and there's a local hockey team that will come in, and here's all these concerts that will come in. But we already have those. Why? Why are we? Why would we steal from restaurants and steal from people? And then, if it doesn't make a profit, which notoriously these event centers that are um, that are government planned in places like Cincinnati and Cleveland, uh, they don't turn a profit. They they make big promises and then they they fall on them. And you're already 110 million in the hole. So you have this uh, um, gambler's paradox where you're like, well, I'm already 110 in. What, you know, what's another 50 million? Yeah, another uh, interesting, like it's a quote right out of one of the articles they have that literally says, the history in this country is municipal stadiums never pay for themselves. They're always a drag on the taxpayers. Um, Quinn is their last name. I think it's one of the commissioners in the city. And they said, unless they've got a better way of financing it than taxing everyone in the county, they won't be able to support it. Yeah, I have a better idea. This this is a group of entrepreneurs, of of people that have come together as a group uh, it's what's the the name of the group it's southwest michigan first it's a group of you know uh wealthy people that that have made their money it's a private organization that comes to suckle at the teeth of the taxpayer and and steal money from people i mean here's a better idea use your money pull it together have a trust make you know make a new business if you think this will turn a profit 110 million dollars you you guys should come up with it and and there you go. If it's if it's going to make a, a profit, if you know this, if you've done your due diligence, then uh, you know you'll have a return on investment. Yeah, and this group of people in another article, it says that they haven't even looked into any other ways to make this revenue to to fund the the building. So they they're only focusing on the one percent tax, and that's it. They haven't even like dove into any other reasons of how they could get money. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 haven't done their due diligence at all. I mean, it, reading these articles, they they don't know if they can even buy the space that that they're wanting to put this the stadium on. Yeah, because there's it's a four block space. One block is owned by Western Michigan University, and they are neutral on the whole topic, so we're not hearing anything of what they think about it. The other block is owned by the county, who wants to build a new courthouse, which they said in these. Um, articles that it a courthouse is more important at the time and and then they're they're so they're banking on just getting these two other blocks and using hoping that they'll decide not to build a courthouse there and using a city built uh parking ramp yeah yeah i'm I'm shocked too that the county thinks that the most important thing uh is is their thing obviously uh, the the downtown district of Kalamazoo definitely doesn't need any more businesses to come in. We definitely need a new fancy courthouse because ours is old and we can't use old things anymore. Yeah. Could just update the existing courthouse and you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And you have people that are, are businesses that would uh, have this tax against them. And it's, it seems like they're all for it. It's kind of what our downtown area needs as one business person says. Um, another one talks about how um, he, he uh, is is sad that he has to drive, you know, thir- thirty minutes away to um, come down to uh, a, a different, larger stadium in a different town. And I'm just thinking, 
you know, 40, 50 years ago, driving that would would have been way longer. It would have been more expensive. And here he's complaining that he's just got to drive 30 minutes to go see, you know, whatever uh, country concert that's probably showing at a, at a different town. Yeah, it's crazy to complain about that because, I mean, if you really think about it too, all these avid hockey fans, if we – if we didn't have a local hockey team here, they would be driving up to Grand Rapids or Chicago or Detroit anyway to catch games. Yeah, well, and, you know, if, if this were to make a profit, we'd already see it happening. Uh, is, is putting all these things together, the, the college sports, the local teams, and then whatever supposed concerts are, are thought up in their heads, is that really, I mean, why isn't that driving traffic already? Why aren't we already seeing that? That's a good point. Like, I, the biggest thing that catches me on this, too, is... They keep saying, "Oh, we're gonna get the we're gonna get people downtown with with this new event center. We're gonna you're gonna get the 18 to 35 year olds." And one professor who was also a commissioner was saying that, you know, you get the the college kids don't really have a reason to come downtown. I mean, if you if you say that, the only kids that don't have a reason to come downtown are the 18 to 20 year olds because once yeah, they hit 21, they're they're coming downtown to to go to the restaurants and go to the bars anyway. Yeah. So what well, kind of events are actually coming in that they're planning like? That they, they, they have no examples of anything that they could bring in. Yeah, and, and on a consistent basis, too. I mean, you know, hockey ends at a certain time. The college sports end at a certain time. You know, what are you bringing in on a consistent basis where you're, you know, paying back a 30-year bond for $110 million? And what, what and that's just construction costs. You know, what, what, what else has to be supplanted from other unknown locations? Like, uh, you know, what, what are the charges going to be? Are, are you assuming that you're going to be able to, you know, pay, I don't know, Coolio $100 million or $100,000, probably, uh, it's not 1993 anymore, $100,000 yeah. to come in and, and, and do a concert. And how often? I mean, well, there are there are so many things here that show that they have no clue what their, what the, the, the broad picture is other than to say, oh, well, you know, it'd be kind of nice. And I, I really hate going to Grand Rapids because it's, it's such a drive. And um, the the people that are going to benefit are going to be the the restaurants and the bars that are in walking distances of this this area. No one else is going to benefit from it. Yeah, and I know in one article they say that they could have some of the Western sports teams play there. But another thing about that is, I mean, the only indoor sports really that they have is basketball and hockey. And basketball, they already have a nice area. Hockey, they have their own rink. So why would Western want to have their sports be played at a city-owned property when, you know, and then they're going to have to split profits for ticket sales and all that stuff and concessions mm -hmm. with somebody else when they could just update the existing buildings they have and keep the money that they want to for that. Yeah, well, and not everyone has the ability to, to drive from the campus area to downtown. I mean, especially with the parking pass rates that are uh, levied against the college students i mean it's they're they're getting a crowd because it's easy to walk from a central location just on campus from campus to campus but here you're going from campus to downtown uh you know it's it's close to a, a bad neighborhood uh it's next to um certain areas that that have transient people i mean all these things it's it's going to be like when they attempted to open up the the downtown movie theater within the first week you had two old people that ended up getting violently assaulted and then the police ended up moving uh one of their action stations uh right underneath uh, the the parking ramp to to the theater yeah uh another thing that i that i saw here is uh this this uh, um i guess he's a, a bar owner a business owner said that uh, he's worried about competition to his business 
uh, from what would be a publicly funded event center. He said it's a red flag if the event center is expected to lose money and needs more taxpayer support. He also noted that countywide tax may be problematic for some people and residents in out uh, county areas, which is what we talked about. And they might wonder why they're being taxed for something that may only benefit a small area of downtown Kalamazoo. But here's the thing: so he, uh, the, the 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 event center is going to have, uh, you know, probably alcohol. It's probably going to have, um, you know, uh, an event type. You're you're taxing people who are in direct competition with this stadium to then pay for the stadium to come about. I mean, that's that seems almost insanely immoral. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, the uh, your executioner coming to you and having forcing you to load the bullets in the gun uh, uh, before uh, it's fired at you, and it just seems ridiculous to me that the people who are in direct who would be in direct competition are the ones that have to be forced to pay, uh, you know, pay the big government for it. Yeah, because I can think of right off the top of my head, there's three uh, like bars downtown Kalamazoo that have their own sort of concert venue, uh, so. Yeah, the event center would be a lot larger, but a lot of these bands could draw a crowd at both. They could draw a crowd at an event center, or they could draw a crowd at, you know, the more intimate, smaller venues. So you're going to tax these people and then potentially take the bands away from them because they are going to have a chance to play at a larger venue and make more money for themselves. Yeah, theoretically. So and I'm sure there's probably a uh, an, an entry cost to <coughs> you have to guarantee... You have to guarantee so many uh, uh, ticket sales in order for us to host you. So, you know, uh, if we, we kind of live in, in uh, uh, a millennial, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? The, uh, uh, oh man, the, you know, people who wear weird clothing and visit Bell's Brewery. Oh, um, you know, hipster. hipster types. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Decemberists might come and be able to fill that stadium, but, you know, the up and coming Decemberists might not be able to. And, might not be able to afford then the cost of the increase for the the place that they were going to play, assuming that it's still open. Yeah. Uh, there's another article that I like uh, that this this Southwest Michigan first uh, figured that they weren't getting uh, the the young voice, so they uh, it sounded like what happened was a group of what they call millennials, the next generation in quotes, uh, <laughs> were 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 picked and. Um, they're under 35 and they're really they're they really care about this they're they're willing to care and put in the time and looking at these people all these people work for companies who in some way shape or form uh would either uh benefit directly from this not not the people themselves but their companies or uh who have uh, members on this southwest uh, southwest michigan first uh group so uh, it's 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 really disingenuous to say well you know here, here we have you know the, the the kids the kids of the the neighborhood and they're all for this and let's talk about it and it's just sad that they're trying to 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 pull pull this in as well yeah all the all the companies that these young below 35 year olds uh, are part of are large companies that if they were to pool together their money if they really cared about an event center so much could if not, I mean, they could probably come up with 110 million, but at the very least, come up with a, a big chunk of it. So it's like they're not even offering to throw in any of their money. So do you, do you really care that much if you're working for a business that you're not even going to try to find other ways than just taxing people that aren't going to benefit off of this? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, why take out a 30-year loan with you know these millionaires and billionaires? Uh, I feel like Bernie Sanders. These millionaires on these billionaires. Um, <laughs> why go to the bank who would probably guarantee you a loan? 
to then have um, uh, you know uh, the the taxpayers do a a 30-year bond with rates that are you know below market value because it's guaranteed by the state to to come in and you know it's easier to have other people pay for your business schemes and you know the 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 idea isn't that these people are being entirely shifty i mean i'm sure some of these people who own businesses that can you know get events into the the new arena or you know uh, have an updated building for some of their outdated buildings um are are probably being a little bit uh you know they have a vested interest in it but honestly some of these people might just have good intentions but what you're doing when you're asking people to 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 have a tax is you're asking other people and it's not even asking you're you're taking from other people to to do what you want and that that's immoral if 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 i were to come in to a restaurant and hold a gun and tell them hey uh you know give me all your money we would call that theft so why here is it different when it's you know, oh, it's a tax. We all voted on it. You know, what What if I have uh, 10 people that, that show up with me to rob this restaurant and we all agree that you, the, the, the five people in the restaurant should give us all their money? Well, you know, we, we voted. We took a vote. It's it's completely legal. It's it's moral that way, right? You know, what, what if it, running outside of the building right before I do it, I you know, I say, well, you know, I'm the government and I just can claim it. Like, why, why is it well, stated as fact? It's obviously okay if it's the government, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly, it, it's 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 the price we pay to live in a civilized society. Well, you know what? In a civilized society, we don't take things that don't belong to us. I mean, it's it's what I teach my two-year-old to, to not do. I mean, they're sharing, but sharing implies ownership, and sharing implies the ability to say no as well. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest thing is they just they're just they don't want to pay for it themselves, but they're the ones that think it. the 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 article that came out like three days ago. Uh, it interviews all the all the city commissioners that they could get. They couldn't get all of them, but every single one, it seemed like there was maybe one or two that said it's more of a wait and see kind of thing. But every all the other ones they interviewed were saying that their constituents are not for this. One of them even said ninety five percent of their constituents are not for it. So like, you obviously do not have the people behind you. So you this company is really probably the only ones that want this event center. So they're the ones that want it. They should have to be the ones that pay for it. I mean, it just seems so odd to me with, with all the construction going up that uh, they, they believe that this is the thing that will really pull it through. I mean, yeah, OK, you, you don't have to tax the stadium like you do other businesses because it would be a city owned stadium, assumingly. I mean, there's the, also the possibility that the the city could find themselves, you know, too big in the hole and then sell the stadium for you know pennies on the dollar to a private company. Well, what does that mean? What what does that in in 30 years look like when uh, people have been d- done paying for 110 million dollar construction where the construction's probably done in a year or two and they're still paying it off in in 28 years and you know the the people that move into the the city then occur that cost i mean they haven't if if, if you want to go the whole might makes right the consent uh the the people that are moving in haven't consented to to that uh to that tax uh, you could make the claim that they consented by moving into the area but you know, you're 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 stealing from again future generations and from businesses themselves, and and businesses in direct competition with the stadium. Yeah, it's funny too because the numbers, because you know they always downtown Kalamazoo is terrible with parking already, so they're bringing oh, in awful. Awful. an eight thousand seat for sporting. Or wait, no, yeah, it's six thousand seat seating uh, capacity for sporting events and an extra two thousand. For live events, so you have a concert, you could fit eight thousand people in there, and they want to build a six hundred space uh, parking ramp. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, I mean, 
you unless people are showing up, you know, five to a car every time, you're having you're 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 able to get like what a, the very small portion of everyone parking in there, and you yeah. know three three quarters of the other people have to just park downtown. I mean, they're going to have to walk you know eight blocks anyway to get to the concert. Well, and what they're saying too is that they want to help share the 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 parking structure with the county. So it's the 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 state wanting to share with a different municipality that probably won't want to share with them. Yeah, and it since it's a, it's a county um, built parking ramp, there's already the administration building in the next block. So I mean, you're going to have people that park there. You're going to have employees, county employees that are going to be parking in that. You're going to have people who are just parking in it and maybe not even going to the event at the event center, but just downtown yeah. anyway. So yeah. you might only be able to fit a hundred cars from that event. And now, now what are you going to do with the, you know, 800 other cars that are coming to this event? Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you use other people's money, uh, there's no risk to you. So you don't have to think about these logistical things. You just have to hope that you convince the, the people to, to put the, the bond on the, on the voting sheet and hope that you have enough suckers who want, uh, and it's really not even their money. It's the restaurant's money. I mean, this yeah. isn't going to be a direct tax. This isn't going to be a bill that says, you know, will you agree to a 1% tax of your money to pay for the stadium? No, absolutely not. But it's going to be, hey, will you be okay if the state takes funds from restaurants that you probably don't have a vested interest in to fund this? And it's like, well, you know, it's not my money. And all business people are, you know, evil rich people who, uh, you know, just want to, <laughs> Light, lights their cigars with hundred dollar bills and and hate their workers. So of course I'm okay with uh, you know the people getting their money back. Yeah, and I don't think people realize too though that it could end up falling back on them eventually because you're gonna if I were a business owner and I'm forced to pay a one percent tax on my my items now, then I would raise my own prices. So it doesn't affect me, or hopefully doesn't affect me as much. So in turn, <laughs> right. the people are in a way getting taxed themselves because. You know, now the the price the burger at their favorite you know place now has to go up a dollar or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, costs are going to be incurred from production costs of the food and and everything on the line up and down. It's not just going to be oh this is simple we'll take you know one percent out and you're going to have government jobs that get created to collect these taxes to figure out if you know the the restaurants are hiding their money. Uh, to, to not pay this. I mean, th there's there's bureaucracy that breeds bureaucracy here. It's not so simple. And what I don't understand, and, you know, this this is probably just uh, a, a limited understanding of what it means to, to have the amount of money that people do. If all the, these people have made their money privately that are part of this group, I mean, why are they so adamant of pushing, you know, a not private way to to fund this, to, to, to make this? Like you said, there's, you know, how many people on this board? Like 30 people that are, you know, the millionaires, the billionaires. You can't put aside 10% of your own funds to guarantee what you know is a, a sure thing. Because if you're not willing to do that with your money, why are you willing to do it with other people's money? Why are you allowing people to come in with the threat of violence if people don't pay to, to come in? I mean, we've, we've seen this with other things. We've seen it with phone use. I mean, we were still paying, uh, you know, the, the World War One. Uh, off from the in the 90s on some of our phone taxes i think the biggest thing is they 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 know deep down that uh that a city owned is the best for them because uh an event center like this if it does turn a profit it's going to take a very long time to turn a profit and it may yeah, never turn a profit yeah. right 
Because I mean, look at the in, current. In most of the other places that I've seen, in most of the other places I've seen, there there hasn't been. It's always been a boondoggle. It's always been people were were great on the outset, and uh, you know then then it it didn't do as well, or there's a recession, or something along those lines. And yeah, the 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 state can take the hit more because all you're going to do is say, well, you know, we have to fund it with other taxpayer funded money, and so they'll rearrange a few things and make sure that uh, the stadium stays open because you just can't let 110 million plus whatever else we steal go to waste. I mean, you constantly have to pour oil on the fire. Yeah. And I just had a thought, like, I, I don't know the numbers because, you know, I, I don't know if Western would really want them to be known, but for instance, their, their football stadium, they sell, they sell out sometimes and, and they sell a lot of tickets for their, uh, their football games. I would say those are probably the most highly attended like sports we have around here, but you got to think about it is, is the, the revenue coming in from their ticket sales even really paying for the stadium itself? Because just by going to Western and paying your tuition and fees, like you're already paying for some of the sports teams and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see like if, if a place like Waldo Stadium is even turning a profit or if they're staying afloat because of tuition and fees. Yeah, well, and you know, Western has bought up so much property around themselves that uh, to have people come in and build businesses, it's you know you you have to go to a state entity in order to ask permission to you know buy land from them. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know here's another thing with hockey happening at the same time each year for both the college and the the local teams. How how is the logistics of that happening? Are there going to be two levels of rinks? Is, are people there to see the Western team and the the local team? Yeah, because the 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 area they're thinking about building. It's I mean they don't have enough room to build extra state or extra ice um, surfaces. So theoretically you'd have to get Western to first sell off their portion of the land they own where they want to build this stuff or get into some sort of agreement. And then they would have to also keep their old stadium on the campus to use as practice facility too. And same thing with the, the, the Kalamazoo Wings. They probably have to keep at least one of their places to practice and then only play games there. And then there's been plenty of times throughout the season that they both have home games at the same time. It would just create uh, a lot of chaotic scheduling, too. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like uh, these people just have an idea, and they're wanting to resort to violence first in order to uh, think to, to, to do what they think is the right course of action, but no one will uh, think of the logistics or have a good business plan because, you know, let other people pay for it. It's fine. Yeah, and it's... Uh, I forgot where I was going with that one. Oh, well. All right, anything else on this? I had something, but I lost it. <laughs> oh, man. That's all right. We'll do it in post. We'll do it in post. It's fine. We'll do it live. Yeah. We'll do it live. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think that's uh, probably it for uh, today. Uh, I hope you can see that this, this arena uh, situation uh, has some good fodder for, again, applying what we, we as libertarians tend to look at from uh, a macro level and applying it from a local level. You know, here we, we talk about uh, taxes and the non-aggression principle, which uh, the non-aggression principle is the subject for our next two episodes. And um, it, it's really about why does the state, why does the, the government have the power to uh, inflict violence, to uh, engage in theft? And that's what it is. That's that's what any normal, if, if, if you and I were to do it, uh, that's what it would would be called. So why do yeah. they have the right to do it when uh, when no one else does? It's a, it's a violation of uh, morality. It's a violation of uh established law and you know it's just people who are coming in saying uh you know it's okay i'm here with the government i'm here to help which are as we know some of the most scariest words uh known to man yeah. and they have been that way for thousands of years 
So yeah, so what, what would we suggest doing here? Uh, you know, obviously there are already people that are against it, but here you have the ability to to make phone calls to uh, your local uh, leaders. You have the ability to make calls to. Um, you might not live in the city, but you can still talk to people about this that would have the ability to affect you and talk about, you know, how this uh, would be a, a the the restaurants almost literally eating themselves hot, eating themselves food yeah. joke. Um, oh. that, that, that would, uh, you know, uh, steal from themselves to then steal competition uh, away from them as well. Um, and then on top of that, you have the ability to go to your local body of government. Like I have the ability to go to my local township and they can, uh, have a resolution to say, we don't support this. And, uh, you have a, a bigger voice to, to get out there and let other people know exactly what this means. You can use the platform. And sadly, that might mean a little bit of time, but if, if you're not willing to put in the time, you know, uh, you're just kind of an armchair libertarian who, you know, wants to rally at the, the big government man. But at least, you know, uh, go to go to Twitter every time that uh, a news news article is posted by the local news uh, or Facebook and just keep going in comments about how this is ill planned. It's uh, not not planned to have a, a, a moral backing that uh, it constitutes as theft and just all the things that, that we talked about, all these problems that come about when you're not putting your own money. If, if someone wanted to come in and build this this building and uh, it, it fails, no one would say, well, you know, uh, at least we're not a, that the people should continue to pour money into it. You go, oh, well, you know, it didn't work out. They should sell it off and the resources should be used for for other various means. All right. So uh, next episodes that you'll be listening to are uh, kind of uh, more general uh, topics. Uh, it's it's kind of the crux of the whole libertarian position, just the non-aggression principle. Uh, and we'll go uh, kind of into the, the, the background of it, what it means, what are the implications. And then uh, the episode after that, episode three, uh, we'll do applications to kind of some uh, broader elements. So uh, thank you for joining us for this very first episode of the Road to Freedom podcast. And I hope you join us on that road to liberty and freedom. See you next time.